Welcome back to another episode of Life is Full of Daisies, where we talk all things life and becoming the best versions of ourselves in honor of Mother's Day, which I'm not a mother. I'm a fur mother. I have a cat. I wanted to do this a special for all my mamas out there because a lot of my friends are mothers. And I really think that it's good to get inside on what it's like to be a mom, especially for us that aren't uh, moms yet. But anyways, I met an amazing mama and her name is Kendall Townsley. She's the founder and creator of Mindful Mamas, which when I met her at the Mindful Business Women's event, I was just like, I need to interview you. You gave me an idea. And and this idea just originated from that one meeting. So anyways, welcome, Kendall. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm super excited to be here and I love what you do. Oh, thank you. I mean, I think we're in alignment as far as what we're trying to put out there. Yours is more on the platform for all mamas, but I remember just asking you, I think we were at Bizu and I was like, oh, so what do you do? And then you just started telling me and I'm like, I love that. You're just like, <laughs> you're taking what you know and you're taking your journey as a new mom and putting it out there because I think I feel like a lot of my friends that are new moms, there's this pressure of being like a perfect mom because of social media. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, what is it really like? I want to know what it's really like. So I know what I'm getting myself into when I become a mother. Exactly. And that's exactly what I was doing prior to becoming a mom was just looking for what it was going to be like. Because I like on social media, it's the highlight reel. And so you get so fixated on, oh my goodness, this person is perfect. They have their life all together. And then you realize mm-hmm. they don't. <laughs> and that's reality. I know. And I hate that's the society we're growing up in. But like I said, I wanted to show all my moms out there some love. And also, I kind of wanted to get insight on like how as a friend, that has no children, get a better understanding, one, of what you're going through or they're going through, and also how to be a better friend and support you in different ways. Because the ways we used to support each other as single women or, you know, with no kids women is very different now as a mother. So so I just wanted to touch up on that. But for Mother's Day, I just wanted to kind of give all my mamas a salute and show y'all appreciation, even though y'all deserve every day to be Mother's Day. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) I was like, why just one day? Well, in the Mexican culture, we always tease my mom because she gets to celebrate Mexican Mother's Day because in Mexico, they celebrate on the 10th and it doesn't matter what day that falls on. It's always on the 10th of May. And in America, it's just like, I think, is it the second Sunday of? Of May. Something like that, yeah. So if the tenth doesn't fall on a Sunday, my mom gets two Mother's Days. Nice. <laughs> I need to adopt that honorary Mexican right here. <laughs> right. There should be just something like once a month, you show your spouse or show your friend some love, especially yeah. if they're new moms, because that first year is is intense. I got to watch one of my close friends because of COVID and the shutdown. I wasn't working, so I would actually her baby was a few months old and I would go and help walk their dog. And so I kind of got to see a different phase that I hadn't seen before of her like just growing and becoming this different little being in all the stages of that development. And I was just like, okay, I have a whole new appreciation because she's like so on top of it. She's making sure that she's developing okay and that she's just going to be have all the chances and advances that she can. And I'm just like, dang. And then my other friend, she's got two boys and she, I mean, they're both amazing moms. Like they go above and beyond for their kids. And I'm just like, how do y'all do it? Oh, I think we all just kind of learn as we go, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah. I mean, that's how it is. But I wanted you to kind of go into what is Mindful Mamas and how did it even get started? Yeah. So Mindful Mamas is basically just an Instagram community that I have created. And where it kind of came from is, and I kind of shared this earlier, but 
I so longed to find out what it was going to be like once I got into motherhood. And there's so much to learn and so much to do when you're prepping to bring a kiddo into this world. And like I was saying, you find all these Instagram like perfect people and you're, Mm -hmm. you're just thinking to yourself like, wow, like my whole life's about to be flipped upside down, but that can't be the reality that they look so put together. And so with the things that I had found, I was like, man, that's something that I would love to provide for people. And the idea behind Mindful Mamas actually came through a conversation I had with my sister-in-law, Meredith, who founded Mindful Business Women. She was like, Kendall, you've done all this research. You've, you've looked into all these different things. And she was like, you're crushing it. I'm like, girl, I am not, but uh, thank you. And she was basically just encouraging me saying, you need to start something to just kind of help other moms see what the reality of motherhood is. Maybe it's a space to help them vent because I mean, every mama needs to vent, Mm -hmm. but or a place where they can find different resources that you found helpful. And so that's where this kind of came from. I mean, uh, that's awesome. Like, that's why I love it. And but also I remember when I first met you, you have a background in education as well. I do. I do. You can take the girl out of the teaching, but you can't take the teacher out of the girl. Right? (laughs) Yes. So I taught first grade for five years. I've been in Title I schools as well as, Mm. I mean, your your average school. And I just loved it. I taught first grade. I did self-contained. So I taught all subjects for a few years. And then I also taught just the reading and writing side for a year. And I've also taught the math, science, social studies for a year. So I've really gotten to hone in in my experiences with first grade. Mm. And I love it. And that's something I'm definitely definitely looking forward to go back to, but I'm also enjoying the time that I have off to spend and, and raise my son. So that's true. I'm like, if you have the the opportunity or privilege to be able to stay home and raise that child and see them develop that first year, I think that's a blessing, but it's tremendous. Absolutely. And I, I so agree because the decision, we were not planning on me staying home at all. I mean, my husband works in oil and gas and literally we had to sign our contracts in April and that's when the oil market literally crashed, like went into the negative. And so we just spent time in prayer and talked with family and we both felt like this is where God wanted us to be. And it has turned out to be a huge blessing and a mm-hmm. big leap of faith because we didn't know if my husband was going to they'll be employed or not. And God's been faithful in that. So it's been really, really awesome. No, that's amazing. Like, I love that you're able to do this. And now you're going to take this off and do something else because you're taking a chance. And it's, you know, that fear can come in and you're like, Oh my gosh, what what am I going to do? But it's like, you have to stop that and start thinking of like, what are the possibilities? How far can I take this? What's going to happen and evolve as it goes? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. And I like that Meredith was the one that was like, Hey, you should do it. It's like women empowerment here. Yes, And that's exactly what she does. She is so motivating and she is I mean, she's an entrepreneur, so she's got Mm -hmm. that go-getter mentality. Mm -hmm. And I'm very much so like, I love to teach people, but I'm not necessarily going to be the one to like take that foot out unless somebody kind of gives me that nudge. That's just how I've always been. And so when she said that, I was like, you know what? You're right. Why can't I start this? Why can't I do that? And so it just started that that fire in me. That's awesome. I mean, it takes a village. It's like you have to have other women supporting you and inspiring and motivating you because there's days where you're not very inspired and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is a lot of work. But yeah. Yeah. At the end, if it affects one mom or it teaches a mom something that they didn't know or even some maybe 
women that are thinking about being mothers, if it helps them out in one way, then you've accomplished your job, your mission. Absolutely. So then let's get into the good stuff now yes, with, the, with all the <laughs> mom talk here. Y'all, I'm going to learn with y'all because like I said, I'm used to a fur animal. <laughs> the only yeah. child I have. <laughs> it, okay. So I don't want to discredit my fur moms because it's still, I think having pets starts to teach you the responsibilities and you don't realize how much you fall in love with just an animal and just yeah. imagine I always imagine like the love for a child is tenfold it's just gonna explode yeah but but it happy Mother's like, Day right oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still to the fur mamas too I mean we got our dog two years before we actually had our son and mm -hmm. just trying to travel with a pet you still have to have that like selfless mentality of okay well now I've got to figure out a plan for the the fur baby and you do have a lot of planning that still goes with that so Oh, absolutely. I'm like, uh, so we don't want to discredit y'all. Happy Mother's Day to all my fur moms. But this is a little different when you're dealing with a human baby. Yeah. So let's get into what are some of the tips for being a new mom that you would give? So, okay, just being honest here. Once you are pregnant and people find out that you're pregnant, cue all the tips and tidbits that people are going to start sharing with you, mm. regardless of if you're mentally ready and prepared to accept any of that yet. Because I know some people, it, it takes you a little bit to kind of get into the mentality of my life is no longer my own. I'm now sharing my body and my choices with another human being that's growing inside of me. So I mean, one thing that I would like to just tell other moms is it can be overwhelming. And that's okay. Accept that overwhelm. That's fine. Process it. But still try to take in all the good, all the joy, all the blessings that's to come with it. And then one thing that I know that at least for me, as soon as I was a new mom and I had my son and he was a newborn, for me, I feel like I was just kind of living for the naps and just kind of going from one nap time to the next nap time. And everybody told me, oh, nap or sleep when the baby's sleeping. And that's just not me. <laughs> I never have been a napper. And so during that time, I felt so much anxiousness and anxiety, like the house would be a wreck. I look awful because, you know, you're freshly postpartum. And so I wish I would have really just kind of forgotten about the extrinsic things that were happening around me, the messy house, what my body looked like, and really just take in the time with my son, whether he was napping on me instead of trying to, you know, put him down for the nap, just enjoy and embrace that newborn phase because it went so quickly. I know it's just like you blink and they're already growing. I'm like, what's what happened? They were just a baby. Enjoy the snuggles. <laughs> oh, that's true. And I mean, that's a good like, I guess as someone the I guess the non mom in me, I want to say to all my listeners that aren't mothers like if you have friends that are new moms like don't be judgmental because their house isn't put together because that new phase you're just like in a fog it's like you have to have a routine what I've learned from my friends is that you have to set a routine from the very beginning with your baby and you have to stick to it and they feed so often that you're just like exhausted and you're just like going through the motion and that's 100% correct I mean I and for me I so wanted that routine like I was used to being in a classroom and you've got your lesson plans you've got every hour of the day planned out and then once you have that newborn everything that you once had as a routine it's kind of like you're starting all over again and so yes your babies are feeding every two hours or so often, but you still like you've got that routine, but you feel so out of routine and everything's so new that you're like trying to process it all. So yeah, I think in like a tip, I guess I could go into for new moms is create 
that time for yourself. Schedule in time for yourself, whether it's, I mean, in between those two hours, anytime, just take a shower, go for a walk, get a workout in, maybe do a devotion, drive in a car by yourself so you feel like you're leaving the house. Whatever it is, do something that fills you with joy. Otherwise, just with any profession, you can get that burnout and you don't want to feel that. Although if it happens, it happened with me. Mm -hmm. You don't want that to just overwhelm that newborn phase because you do want to take it in. You do want to enjoy that because it goes so quickly. Oh, that's true. What about when you talk about like taking care of yourself or if you want to pamper yourself, whatever self-care is for that person? I've heard of people talking about mom guilt. How do you try not to have that? So I think with that for me, it took finding a mom community. So my sisters and I all had kids within a few months of each other. My little sister had a kid in April. I had my son in July. And then my older sister had her daughter in September. And so it was really neat that although during COVID, we were all pregnant, we still had that mom community and could vent to each other, talk to each other about the different things that we were going through. And so when it comes to mom guilt, anytime I felt something, especially freshly postpartum, I would just text my sisters and be like, have y'all ever felt this way? Do I it like, is this a bad thing that I'm feeling this way? Like, why am I feeling so much guilt? And so they would either reassure me like, that's common. Yes. Or like, don't let that bother you. Yes, you might feel this way. They'll validate the feeling. But Mm -hmm. then it's also I mean, you've got to take time to feel yourself. And so you can't pour and I tell people this all the time, you cannot fill others up or pour from an empty glass. You have to fill yourself up. You've got to make sure you're taken care of in order to help those or care for those that you care about. Mom (laughs) guilt is real. It happens. Validate those feelings, but also reaffirm to yourself that I've got to take care of myself. I've got to make sure I'm okay so I can make sure those around me are okay as well. That's very good advice right there. How do you balance all of that? It's like you just have to get in that mental state, I guess. Yeah. And I have no cure for it. It still (laughs) happens. But the mom community, I mean, just being able to vent how you feel and let others know, it's so validating and it makes you feel better. And it's like, no, I shouldn't feel this way. I should not feel guilty right now for taking care of myself. It's true because it's like you just literally birth a child and now you're having to take care of this child your body's also changing as as the baby's evolving and it's just it to me just look, seems overwhelming from like an outside perspective and that's why I'm like I hate when I see people shaming moms or doing this and that online and I'm like wait a minute who are you to yeah, doesn't make it's sense tough. I, but that's gonna happen everywhere in any profession and I say mom is a profession because I feel like it is a full-time job too but anywhere you go you're not gonna be able to please everybody and that's okay you just gotta you know tell yourself that and my goal is to just help at least one person if I can do that that is I mean I'm beyond blessed to be able to do that Okay, and that's that's all we're trying to do here, right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> all right, so then let's move on to the next question that I had for you is how do you prepare yourself to be a new mom? So I love that question, actually. And so that kind of has some more tips, I guess I can kind of sprinkle in there too. Mm-hmm. But for me, when I was pregnant, it was during the pandemic. And so like going in person anywhere was impossible literally the world shut down in March and my son was due in July. And I mean, as you can tell, those are like the meaty time of when you're pregnant to be able to prepare breastfeeding classes, Lamaze classes, all those things to prepare your body or yourself mentally and physically for this baby. So one of my tips or one of my things that I did for myself to prepare to become a new mom was finding 
all the free online options that I could. And I love my OB, but she, because this was new to her, she didn't have any tips for me as a new mom for online resources. She just recommended me look into them. And so that's when I was like, okay, like, let's do this. I'm on my own. Let's go. And so I was able to just find different free online resources from breastfeeding classes to birthing classes to sleep routines for babies, what to expect that first week home with a newborn. Some of the things, I mean, there's lots of paid options that you can do too and get more bang for your buck. But I mean, for us at that time, I was just wanting to maximize the free options first before paying for anything because nobody really had that recommendation for me yet. And so that would be one way that I recommend others to prepare to become a new mom is just look and and try to exhaust those free options online first. Now that we're kind of getting, I don't want to say past the pandemic because it's it's still here. I mean, there's no way around it, but things are opening up more, especially I mean, we live in Texas, so things are very much so more open. And so I think another way to kind of prepare yourself as a new mom is find a mom group, find a mom community, whether that's online or if you're comfortable meeting up in person, find that community. I mean, start building those relationships that you can talk with other moms who might be going through something similar as you, whether it's the struggles or the victories in breastfeeding or sleep routines with babies, co-sleeping, non-co-sleeping. That way you can really just build those relationships. And then your kiddos will have friends that they can grow up with as well. Or I mean, just just any of that is is great. And what I really found helpful for me. Are you at some point going to create like some sort of group where y'all have meetups or I mean, you were talking about like resources. I'm like, you could just start your own resource. Right? (laughs) No. So that is something that I'm working on. I would love we've got a home gym here. And so at my house, and so one thing that I would love to do is to have a a mom community, maybe it's in my neighborhood, or at least in Katie and just have a meetup maybe once a week or biweekly something to do like a mom's fitness boot camp. And I'm not certified in anything fitness related. So I know I have to be careful with that. But that is something that I've looked into is possibly getting like a prenatal postnatal certification. Mm. That's still kind of all in the works. There's no like, front running with that yet, but mm-hmm. that would be a long-term goal of mine that I would absolutely love. Hey, the opportunities are endless, especially when it comes to new moms. And then with social media, honestly, if you can utilize, find a business, you can make a business virtual and mm-hmm. people will watch your classes, whatever, whatever it is. It's just about how you promote yourself, how people kind of start following you and engage with you. Yeah. Now, moving on from that. So as a friend, what are the best ways friends and family can just help a new mom or just moms in general. And I mean, like, how how do we even support new moms? Because sometimes like when I my friends have babies, like I kind of just have to figure out what boundaries certain moms have because all my friends have been very different. So I've had to like, essentially, I just straight up be like, okay, can you just tell me what you're what you're comfortable with when you're comfortable me seeing I was like, just tell me I don't get offended. I'm just like, I just need to know what you prefer so that I don't come at a bad time or show up when I shouldn't. Yeah, I love that. And I think that right there is like, at least my perfect answer. (laughs) Uh, Just asking straight up like, hey, what are you what are you comfortable with? Because like right now, there is so much unknown. One thing that I think is super helpful for new moms or anybody freshly postpartum is if that friend just kind of calls or texts before just showing up, because I know like, 
right after this might be a little TMI. We can maybe edit it, but no. like, <laughs> we're full. Yeah. Hey, we are honest here. We are straightforward. <laughs> we have to just be real. Yes. I, I'm, there were so many times that I was either just not appropriately dressed because we, we breastfed. Yeah. I'm still breastfeeding, but I just didn't have a bra on or I was like not completely dressed all the time or I mean, if somebody just called or text, I could at least make myself look presentable. And and sometimes I kind of just wanted the heads up of like, hey, I'm coming over. And it's like, okay, cool. I have a reason to make myself look pretty, you know? Right. And so just calling or texting before going by, that would be one thing. But then like once somebody's over, I so appreciated when people just like started cleaning. For me, I know I felt like I was constantly, I, I don't know, it. I don't want to say anxiety ridden, but like it filled me with so much anxiousness whenever my house was a mess. And so- mm. I know my mother-in-law or my mom or dad, they'd come over and just start cleaning. And I'd be over there like breastfeeding. Thank you. Like, I love y'all. Thank y'all. Or I, like I said, my sisters flew in town. And I know at least one time somebody came over, brought lunch or brought me a coffee. Mm-hmm. And just those mm-hmm. little acts of service were so, so helpful, especially early on postpartum. That is true. Like I've I've tried to like either buy my friends dinner or something yes. like when, you know, because some people will start like meal trains yes. where like certain friends will be in charge of bringing, especially like that first two weeks, first month. Because like I said, if you're a first time mother I mean it's just from what I've seen it's just a whirlwind it's just everything's going and and it's really about the baby and you kind of forget about yourself but even when you say that to like start cleaning I'm like I guess for family it's easy to do because you know your family but when it's your other friends you're like you don't want to offend them and be like oh girl your your house is dirty like I need <laughs> I need to help you it's like I'm not coming from that phase I'm coming from a, I'm yeah. just I'm here to help <laughs> yeah no I and like what you said you would take your friend's dog on a walk that is awesome my my father-in-law would come walk our dog all the time. Just I have a golden doodle and she's three now and she's got a lot of energy in those first few weeks postpartum. I mean, poor girl, I wasn't getting out and walking her. So that Mm. was a huge blessing that I don't know if you realized at the time, but I'm sure your friend was super grateful that you were there to to walk her dog. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, it was the pandemic. So we would actually go on walks in the baby, I think her 11 o'clock nap. So I would, we would go on walks. And then after a while, I knew that like, she had a certain schedule. So I would be like, hey, after I get done with my workout, I'll walk your dog for an hour. That way he gets out and has energy because they didn't have enough time to do long walks anymore. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. I'll just do it for y'all if y'all ha- don't have time, especially once like her husband started to go back to work into the office. She still had a schedule. So she would do like a short walk with him, but not the long walks he was used to. Yeah. Yeah. That was my way of like trying to help, but I felt comfortable. This is also another thing like I sometimes with certain friends, I don't know I don't feel comfortable even offering because I feel like there's certain boundaries that they've already set so it's like I don't even want to ask because I don't want to come off rude or anything yeah and I think that's hard too with everybody everyone's so different I know for me at first I was very much so like I can do everything I can I can do this all on my own I'm a strong woman but Mm -hmm. I think strong women have to also remember that it's okay to accept help And it's okay to ask for help. Mm -hmm. That was a huge lesson that I learned as a new mom. And I know my sister too. So going back to like the food trains and stuff like that, she, my older sister lives in California Mm -hmm. and she doesn't have any family up there. We all live down here in Texas. And so she was saying one thing, poor girl, 
she had friends that offered to do a food train. She's like, no, like, I'll be fine. I'll have family flying in and stuff. But she said, now looking back, she wished she would have accepted that help rather Mm -hmm. than try to validate, oh, I'm going to have help in other ways, like it'll be fine. And so that is for sure something that friends and family can do to help and continue. I mean, yeah. I don't want you to like pester somebody, obviously, but like my sister, I'm sure if somebody would have asked her again after she's got a strong personality, but like if somebody would have asked her again, she might've been like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like, go for it. Make me a food train, bring me some food. It's okay. (laughs) And that's true. And I think if somebody's going out of the way to actually ask you and be like, Hey, this, I'm offering this to you that they genuinely just want to like help. They just, that's, that's all they know to do. And it doesn't, I don't feel like it should be looked at as rude or like you're overstepping boundaries. But it's for me, sometimes like I, what I think is normal, like I've always visited my friends when they had their babies in the hospital. I've always done that. But then I have other friends that are like, oh no, I, I, I would don't even come visit me. And I'm just like, really? Why? Yeah. <laughs> like, I want, I want to see you. I want to make sure you're okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So I don't know. Everyone's different. But I think if you genuinely want to, what I've gotten from it is if you genuinely want to help out your friend, just offers whatever you could offer and then see if they want to take it or not. Yeah. Like I read a post once that was saying, instead of asking like, hey, how can I help? Like give them options. Like, hey, I'm coming over. Would you like a coffee or would you like me to bring lunch? Um, That way Mm -hmm. it kind of narrows everything down. Because even sometimes making decisions postpartum is just like overwhelming. And so, I mean, just Mm -hmm. presenting options and giving them like either A or B instead of like an open-ended question. So I thought that was very beneficial. So what is one thing that you, you, I think you already, kind of shared it when you were talking about you can't pour from an empty cup but some things that you'd like to share about just mommyhood that you've learned like what's one of the most important things and that was exactly what I would say is I always tell people you can't pour from an empty glass and so Mm -hmm. you can't make your family happy unless you're happy and sometimes as moms like you're not going to be happy but you've got to choose Mm -hmm. joy It's going to be hard sometimes. It's going to be easy sometimes. I mean, you've got all the emotions. And so choose joy, but also make sure you're filling yourself up. Because like I said, you can't pour from an empty glass. The next thing that I've learned from mommyhood is that I've got to be willing to accept the help when it's offered. I've now learned that I cannot do everything on my own. I very much so was the very like the person that oh, yeah, I can do all this on my own. I don't need your help. Like I'll let you know if I need help. But now if somebody offers I'm I am easily able to say yes, that would be great. Thank you so much. And so just realizing when I need help and accepting that help. That's true. I mean, and that comes down to like a pride thing, but I always try to be graceful like with myself one, but also with just anyone that I meet because it's like we don't know your struggles. And sometimes I'm like, take away the pride because – Anybody that's been a mother or has even seen a child raised, you know, especially now that I'm in my 30s, I'm seeing a lot of my friends being new moms, you know, and realize that it takes a village, like it's extremely hard, especially if you're wanting to like make sure this child develops properly. And and there's all these learning things that you have to do and implement over that period of a year. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, there's so much to learn. (laughs) There is there is. But so it's okay. I mean, we'll learn right, along the way together. Right. But the, I guess the biggest thing is just being open to like the help and being open to just allowing your friends to actually be a part of that journey. Because even though they're not going through that journey, it doesn't mean that they're not going to learn something from you. I think yeah. that helps your friendships grow and, and become stronger. For sure. I mean, another thing I guess I could add on and just popped in my head, but like trusting your, your mom instincts. 
There's so many things that this world will throw at you and convince you that is the correct way or the only way. Mm -hmm. But what I've realized is there's been a lot of times that something that someone has told me doesn't align with my mommy instincts. And Mm -hmm. I know my kid best, right? Like the other moms, they know their kids best. So you know what is going to trigger them or what's going to be most beneficial for them. So trust that mom gut, trust the instincts that God's giving you and use that to help make the choices that best benefit you and your family. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So it's it, the word that popped up in my brain was, you know how you some people do intuitive eating? It's like intuitive parenting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a question that I always love asking because it's like nobody shares a lot of the postpartum stuff that happens. But what are some things that you wish someone told you prior to being a new mom? Ooh, prior to being a new mom. So, okay. And I kind of said this earlier too, but there was so much information thrown at me once I was pregnant and then the pandemic happened. And so I would reach out to so many people as well. So there was so much, it was kind of like mommy overload. So I'm sure people probably told me this, but I so longed to have a schedule that I've I kind of forgot to enjoy the newborn phase. And it's like, I knew that people told me that, but I didn't realize how quickly it was going to pass by right before my eyes. And so really learning to slow down is something that I wish I would have taken more seriously prior to becoming a mom. Because I mean, even as a teacher, like you're just constantly go, 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 or within any business, you get in that mentality, you get in that routine of just constantly scheduling everything. And it's okay to not always have a schedule. It's okay to take a step back and to breathe and to take life slowly in this season because it's just that it's a season yeah and just like the seasons that we have in reality they change and so just slowing down yeah and then I heard one quote it's I think some I don't know where I heard it from but it was like they talked about parenting and why they were so involved with their kids and they're like well I only have them for 18 years after that, they they leave, they are they become their own adults. And it's not the same. It, they finally are like actual adults that are doing their own thing. And it's it, they always say that it just changes it. But I think it changes for the best because I feel like I'm more friends with my parents now than I was before when I had to be like the teenage daughter and all that. And they had to parent me. Yeah. Well, and I asked my mom the other day, I was like, Mom, is it hard to like, look back at your past of us being little? And now that we have our own kids, I was like, do you miss that when we were little? And she I loved her answer because she was like, yes, I love those memories. Yes, I loved that time in my life. But she's like, I'm enjoying where I'm at right now because now I get to watch. It's kind of like seeing what you sowed is now mm-hmm. blossoming. So seeing how she raised us, it's now blossoming. And now we get to to go through the same cycle. And so she said, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to watch her own children that are now grown, raising their own kiddos and having them. And <laughs> she also loves being a grandparent. So she gets them when they're cute and cuddly and then gives them back when they're crying. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's what I always tease my friends with. I'm like, I'm, I'm here to be the auntie and I spoil them and yeah. they can terrorize y'all at home. Yep. On your <laughs> that's own. What my, my best friend says the same thing. She's like, I love that you have a kiddo but like when he's a little terror I'm gonna give him back you're like (laughs) you go you do the diaper changes it's not my child but I think just being the grandmother and they spoil the heck because my parents don't have grandkids yet but I can already tell they're gonna spoil the heck out of their grandkids and we're all gonna be like we never were treated that way we never were uh, yeah, I agree with that statement wholeheartedly. I'm just like, okay, but you know, they had to be tough because they had to be our parents. 
Yeah. Whereas the grandbabies, they don't necessarily have to do that. That's that, that's like your job or my job or, you know, <laughs> phases of life. So enjoying those phases of life. How does someone help mamas feel appreciated either from your family, friends or your spouse? Like how do you, what are some tips for that? I love that question, actually. I mean, I've loved the whole interview with you. <laughs> Thanks, by the way. Whenever I was kind of looking at that question and everything, the first thing that kind of popped in my head was the support that I had from not only my family, but my husband. The fact that we are both so in tune with each other and our emotions and everything that we are going on, like in our life, everything literally had just gotten flipped upside down. We were both sleep deprived and everything. But one way that he made sure that I always felt appreciated, even when I was not (laughs) sleeping well, or I mean, Mm -hmm. just all feeling all the feelings, he always made sure to let me know that I was doing a good job. And usually I'm not a words of affirmation person. Usually I'm the quality time type person. Mm -hmm. And that kind of goes into the five love languages, which Mm -hmm. I mean, I could do a whole podcast probably on that. I love the love languages. But- oh, me too. I'm like, <laughs> if, you, if you don't know, you should. And I yeah. probably should. Actually, I, that's, you just gave me an idea. I should probably do a podcast on love languages and why it's so important to know how you like to be loved. Yes, but I didn't realize at the time, but my husband was in tune with it. He knew that all I needed to hear was the fact that I was doing a good job, that everything that I was doing was for the better of our, our son. And even when I would stay up late breastfeeding around the clock, he was up with me. So then that kind of took the the words of affirmation into a quality time time, Aww. if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. like diaper changes, he would do the diaper changes, I would do the breastfeeding, then he would burp the baby, all that stuff. And he just made sure to make me feel valued, make sure that I felt loved, that mm-hmm. I was doing my best. And then postpartum, you have the emotions, the hormones, everything is just so crazy. I felt very uncomfortable in my own skin. And he made sure to tell me all the time that I was beautiful, regardless of what I looked like. And so I think really just finding, I mean, I know there's a lot of single mamas out there that are doing it alone. So just finding that community, whether it's your best friend, an aunt, a mom, finding some woman, I don't want to say man, because you don't, I don't want people to feel like they have to find that security in a, in a man, mm-hmm. but finding somebody that can be your number one, that can be your cheerleader when you need it, because that was a huge, huge, huge thing for me and really made me feel appreciated during those tough times early on. No, and that's so true. I mean, it, 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 it's amazing how just a few words and confirming like that you are doing a good job because I know when you're sleep deprived, hormones are all through the roof because your breast body's changing. It can totally put you in a really bad state and then any little thing can just trigger you. But just having somebody actually just say, oh, you're doing amazing, babe, or you're you're doing a great job. Like you're, you're doing everything for this child or whatever it is. It's yeah. like, I think that's okay. You're reaffirming that I know what I'm doing. I'm doing okay, even though yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, exactly. And you feel like you have no idea what you're doing. You're just trying to survive, especially like that first month. You're like, just wanting to survive it all. But like I said, it's so easy to get into like that survival mode where you kind of are not wishing that time away. But in essence, you're you're wanting your sleep, you're wanting your body back, you're wanting all these things. And so it's Mm kind of like you are wishing that time away, but really slowing down and taking it all in and understanding that that's just a phase. That's just Mm -hmm. a season that you're in. And then you just gave me an idea about how new moms have to have grace on themselves because it's very easy to just be like, oh my gosh, my body looks discombobulated because you just had a baby and everything stretched out. And it's like, don't be pressured. The one thing that I know I've seen and I love like influencers that like post the reality of postpartum, but they always say like, give your body time to heal. Your body is literally nourishing another human so let's let's yeah. be okay with that and don't pay attention too much to like social media and what's 
perfect looks like because that can get you in a really bad headspace. And yeah. um, that's just where what I've seen because like I know I've had a few friends and they they're like, oh, like they're looking at me and they're like, oh, you look great. And then they're like, oh, I don't you know, they start comparing themselves and it's like, no, 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 honey, you just had a child. I've not, I've not had any kids. OK, yeah. I have I have all the time in the world to like, get the proper sleep, work out, eat right. Like, don't compare yourself to me because that's we're in two different phases of life. I just know I'm like, girl, you look, you know, most of my friends literally bounce right back for after after a few months. I'm like, you look like you didn't even have a baby. Like you look like me after eating a heavy meal. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, really? Yeah. And that's the hard part is just trying not to compare yourself to other people. I mean, we all, it took your body nine months to grow a human being. It's going to take you more than just a month postpartum to get back. And I, even still, I have to remind myself, I'm not trying to get back to my pre-pregnancy weight. I'm trying to get comfortable in my skin. I'm trying to feel confident in who mm -hmm. I am now that I'm a mom. Yeah, and so, true. I mean, it's important. So I know that you traveled not too long, or you've been traveling a little yeah. bit here and there. But because I saw that you were traveling and I know now that everything's opening up, there's new moms that are going to start traveling. What are like some of your top tips or just tip that you would suggest for anybody that's going to be traveling with a new, you know, a new child or two children? I don't yeah. So I guess my experience is pretty much based off of just like one kiddo. One? Yes. But I would love to have my sister here too. She just traveled from Washington state with two little boys, a six-year-old and he's now the other one's a one-year-old by her herself with all the things. And so I'm oh like, girl, I need to interview you next. Cause like, I just had one, <laughs> you had two, but I actually made a post on this on mindful mamas on my page. And so I'll kind of, I guess, debrief different things that I found very helpful for me. Mm -hmm. So before I even chose to go on a flight anywhere. I had to call the airlines and, and kind of reassure what can I even bring on a flight? Because I mean, the first thing you think is, okay, like I'm breastfeeding, but if the baby needs to eat on the plane or not everybody's breastfed, like what do you do with formula? And so I really had to look into these different things. And so most airlines, if not all, I found out let you travel free with a baby bed. So my pack and play stroller, your breast pump, if you're breastfeeding, I went ahead and I had some bottles prepped, but I left them in the three ounces each. But even that I think I would have been fine if I left them all in one bottle, they just kind of have it go separately in security and everything formula is fine too. all of the things that babies need travel free. And I was like, wow, this is is really beneficial. Mm -hmm. And I flew Southwest too. So they also gave two free bags on top of all the baby things. So then literally, I didn't have to travel with anything in my hands in the airport. I just checked it all right as I got in. Oh. Another thing though, that you have to have, and you don't have to have a tangible copy, but your child's birth certificate. Now, not all airlines require it. But I know Southwest asked me each time, especially because my son, the first time he flew was when he was like four months. Months, and then we traveled again and he was seven or eight months. Mm -hmm. And so they asked every time, do you have proof of this kiddo's birth or his age? And so I just have a picture and I keep it on my phone at all times of his birth certificate. Yeah. So that was helpful. And then like all the airlines are different too. So I would still just call and check, but they made it super simple on us. Another tip is gate check. I'd never heard of what gate check was. And it's not the same thing as like when you check in your bags when you first arrive at the airport. So when I got to the airport the first time, 
they're like, oh, do you want to gate check your stroller? And I was like, right now? And they're like, no. And I was like, what does this mean? And (laughs) basically gate check is I could have my son in his car seat carrier, which clicks into my jogger. And I pushed him in that the whole time in the airport until I got to my gate. And then once I got there, that's why they call it gate check. I went to the the stewardess and I gate checked it there. I could keep it. And as soon as I'm boarding the flight, I just kind of get it all packed up. And right before I get onto the plane, I leave it right there and they put it under the plane for you. So that right when you're done and you get off the plane at your destination, you can literally just put your kid back in it and then you can push them through the airport again. Makes it super simple. Oh, that's pretty. That's a good tip. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm learning so much just from having them and trying to travel. The next thing that is very, this is one of those things that are like easier said than done. Trying to time naps accordingly. There was one time my son napped on the way to the airport and then he was wide awake the whole time on the flight. And It was probably funny for everybody else, but like I was super stressed the whole time. (laughs) It was not great. But another time I had timed it for his bedtime for us to fly and he slept the whole flight. It was wonderful. Yeah. So that was really good. Another one, I guess, is picking your seat on the plane. So Southwest lets you pick your seat. Other flights, you don't get to pick your seat. It's kind of whatever you get. Or if you pre-book on United, you can kind of pick which one you want. But like with a kiddo, at least on Southwest, I always made sure to kind of have that middle seat so he could sprawl out and sleep there, especially when they weren't selling the middle seats during COVID. But now that they're selling them, I kind of have to strategically choose the aisle seat just in case he needs to go walk up and down the aisle or if like we need to go chill out in the bathroom, as gross as that sounds for a little bit because he's crying and he really likes the mirrors in there. So I mean, just kind of picking your battles and picking your seat and where you're going to sit on a plane. And then the next one that was really helpful for me because he's breastfed is the breastfeeding at takeoff. It was really helpful. So like, you know, when you're on a plane and your ears pop, Mm -hmm. some people chew gum, some people kind of like open their mouth like a yawn and it pops your ears. Well, little babies don't know to do those different things. So the sucking motion allows their ears to release that pressure that builds up and it helps them. And so he's never really fussed because of discomfort on a flight. And I'm like speaking praises about it because he nurses every time when we're going up and it works like a charm. That's a good tip. Or even I guess if you're not like actually breastfeeding, I guess just even give him a bottle to like suck on or even pacifier yeah yeah any of that yeah that I mean those are good tips one thing I do want to add in there for for us non that don't have to deal with children I've noticed there's some people that like if I've been in a flight and there's a fussy baby there are some people that are so rude and they're like getting upset about it but it's like really like you said you're like so tense you're worried and it's like your intention is not to bother the person you're like I'm sorry he's just having a bad day it's like I'm like it's okay I put my headphones on and I just kind of ignore it and let I'm like it's let the mom do let them walk around like do whatever you need to do just to get the baby to calm down but sometimes babies have bad days so yeah and there was this one flight on southwest that it was the time that we didn't have our flight timed perfectly for his nap he Mm -hmm. had fallen asleep on the ride there and even one of the flight attendants he was so nice he came up to me and he was like it's okay if your baby's crying like let him cry it out and he was just reassuring me that like don't worry what other people are thinking like Mm -hmm. this happens all the time and he was very understanding and it made me 
feel so much better just hearing them say that because obviously like when your kid's crying and you're not able to figure out like why they're crying or Mm -hmm. he obviously my kiddo just wanted to walk around the plane he was tired of sitting but just having that person say like it's okay don't worry about it like I'm fine this happens it made me feel so much better took a little bit of the stress out of it that's true I'm like I just know that you're right it's just so stressful because you're towing a lot of other things with you but then at the same time you're worrying that what other people are gonna think but it's, it's I think it's more men I think women are more understanding of moms and you know it's like we get it it, it happens but I, I feel like look, anybody that I've seen be rude on a flight has always been a man oh <laughs> that's, that's yeah just been, and I'm like dude chill out you'll be all yeah. right oh my husband's even admitted he was like oh man I feel so bad for judging anybody with kids on planes before having my own kid now he is so like sympathetic and understanding on his mm-hmm. flights when there's a kid crying he's like man I feel you <laughs> we can get we can keep talking mom mommies all day but it's you know we're gonna wrap it up what are your final thoughts so I love asking all my guests if you want to leave any words of wisdom or just a life lesson in general for all my listeners so I guess and I hate to say it like I keep repeating what I've said before, but this is just something I have to keep telling myself. But I guess I'm going to kind of round it into a few things. So Mm -hmm. one thing, always trust your mom instincts. You know your baby best. You know what's going to be most beneficial for your family. Don't try to tailor your family to somebody else. Make sure that you're fueling your family. Make sure that you're doing what's best for your family and keep that in the front of your mind. Another thing is people in the world are always going to kind of shove their perspective on you. So still going with the mom instincts, people around you are always going to kind of bombard you, let you know what is right, what is wrong. Mm -hmm. Like I said, trust your mom instincts these different approaches to motherhood that they swear are correct might not fit with your lifestyle, might not fit with you, whether that's co-sleeping, whether that's, I mean, sleep training, whether that's breastfeeding, formula, whatever it is, make sure that you're always doing what's best for your family. The next thing, accept help or be open to asking for help. There's a reason they say that it takes a village and it's because it truly does. Nobody can do this on their own. I mean, my my sister had a little boy when she was 19 and it truly took a village. I mean, it wasn't just her. Yes, she was a single mom, but she had so many strong people behind her that helped her through that. And now she is such a strong woman that I look up to that I ask for help. And then lastly, making sure that you're always taking care of yourself. Because like I said earlier, like you can't pour from an empty cup. You've got to fill yourself up in order to fill others up whether it's somebody that you love so dearly or maybe the stranger right next to you. You never know what somebody else's day looks like. So make sure that you're filling yourself up continually so that you can fill those up around you. No, I love all of those. And I'm sure a lot of my listeners will definitely get so much from this episode. And I want to thank you for just coming on and sharing your experience, sharing your platform. And I truly see like a lot of great I mean, I will use you at some point when I when it's time for me to have a family because I'm always like, oh my gosh, it seems overwhelming. But when you know you have a village, you have people that are going to empower and encourage you, it makes a world of a difference because you're not alone. And someone else has gone through whatever you're going through. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, thank you for having me on here. And I mean, anytime y'all need anything, feel free to reach out or I mean, just look at my page. It's mindful underscore mamas. And so I just love to help other moms and let them know that they're known, that they're heard and that other people are going through things similar. Yes, all of our situations are different and not every situation situation is going to be exactly like yours because everything is different. But there's somebody out there that can 
feel what you're feeling, or at least kind of they've been in a similar situation and can help. And that's how you learn is you learn through other people and their trials that they've been through, but also their triumphs once they're through that. So that's true. I mean, and and I can honestly see you doing something, you know, like the mindful business women, they did their whole event and it was inspirational and very empowering. Like I left there and I was so pumped up that I even did like a recap for the whole, like what I learned from the ladies there. Yeah, yeah. But I could totally see you doing like mom event where it's just like you get a panelist of people and specialists from whatever areas and just giving you tips and tricks of like how to figure out this mom thing even through like the different ages because I'm sure as your son grows you're going to be learning even more and helping implement certain like I'm sure and as as an educator you're going to definitely learn how to kind of implement and make your own little programs or parenting style or whatnot because there's so many out there. Yeah, yeah, that is so true. Thank you. We'll see. We'll see what's in store for Mindful Mamas. I'm super excited. It just started and I feel like we've got a lot that we have in store for Mindful Mamas and I'm super excited about it. Like I said, I'm excited for you and what you have in store for all of us and we'll be following your journey. But again, thank you so much for joining us and this concludes this week's episode. The life lesson here is to love your mother and really get to know who that person is. I know that sometimes it's hard, especially when we're different generations, but what I've learned in life with my own relationship with my mother is that she's a person too. She's had her own struggles, her own tribulations, and she had to be a parent to me. Foremost, had to always be a parent to help me avoid make the mistakes that she's made in life. And she's also just trying to make sure that I live the best life that I can. And the moment that I started to actually get to know my mother and ask questions about her past and her just being another girlfriend, that's when I started seeing her differently, not just my mother, because I'm always very appreciative of everything and all the struggles that she's had and what she's the life that she's given me. But I was able to see her as like, she's another gal that has also gone through struggles, way bigger struggles than I have. And I'm very fortunate to not have had those kind of struggles. But when my sisters and I started to actually talk to her and get to know her, we saw a different person. And that's just the lesson itself is sometimes you have to step back regardless of how how your upbringing was and really see it for what it is and see is that was that my mom or was that just that's a person too that was just trying to be the best mother with the tools that she had and I don't want to dismiss people that have have had bad mothers people that have mothers that abandoned them or just have really toxic relationships with their mothers and they've chosen to part ways because it's for their sanity and I don't want to discredit that and at that point your mother becomes the person that has always been there for you that has always been at your corner and it, it could be a man that that has played you know single fathers play both roles sometimes as well as single moms they have to play both roles so you know we don't want to discredit that but it's to whoever loved you and supported you and has always been at your corner that can be the person that you look as a motherly figure and that has encouraged you so like I said remember to love your mom hug her celebrate her for Mother's Day but always remember especially when we lose our patience with our own parents because I know I've been there y'all that they're human too and sometimes their knowledge and their capacity to understand and love and and show that love is very limited because of what they grew up with or what tools they were given whereas our capacity because you know we grow in in this podcast y'all is a lot larger and we we know how to express all these things so give your mom a hug truly love her show her 
what she means to you, especially for those that your mothers did sacrifice quite a bit for you to have the life that you have. Make sure that you, not just to, not for Mother's Day, but make sure you show her love throughout the entire year. And it may be the smallest things like doing, you know, little first figure out her love language to see how she feels loved. And like, for example, my mom, she honestly doesn't really like material things too much. I mean, we buy her things and whatnot, but she's a plant lover. So getting her things that she needs or that she mentions that she wants is what makes her the happiest. And most of all, just having my sisters and I be together and be a unity and get along really well, that truly makes her happy. And she, that's all she needs, to be honest. Like she doesn't need any other thing, really. But y'all have an amazing week and take this time because this episode's a week early for Mother's Day. Take this time to really reflect on that and not don't just post it on Instagram y'all actually tell your mothers that you love them and sometimes it's hard to communicate that but just show it to them write them a letter and just letting them know every once in a while that they truly you look up to them especially if they are someone that you look up to and you you admire their strength and their tenacity and just who they are as a person so remember to just do that don't forget to follow us on life is full of daisies on instagram where you can dm me or you can email me at hello daisy at gmail.com that is d-e-i-s-s-y at gmail.com and don't forget to go on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review or leave a comment telling me what you loved about the episode or podcast because those things help me grow and continue to be able to reach a bigger audience. Y'all, have an amazing week. Don't forget to be kind along the way and do an act of kindness. Bye!